0: So you leave me. I think you're dead. All of a sudden, you're alive. And you give me this night. This amazing fucking night. And now you're leaving again. Forever. To join some cause I don't even think you understand. Tell me I'm wrong. I think... You don't know everything. You don't know what it was like to have a family, to belong. I mean, I didn't have them for long, but I had them. I belonged to them. And I want that again. Maybe the fireflies aren't what I think they are, but they chose me. I matter to them. You matter to me first.
1: What's the word, gods? Welcome to the show, bros. Breakdowns, reviews, and other shit. My name is Bobby. I'll be your host. With me is my brother, my best friend. He keeps me warm in the winter and cool in the summer. He's so smart. He's stupid. It's Brandon. You want to say what's up, Brandon? What's good? Today's mathematics is the latest episode of the high profile series starring Pedro Pascal in which his face is largely absent from. But no, it's not the Mandalorian. We'll be talking about The Last of Us. (laughs) The latest episode is titled Left Behind named after the downloadable content in the game it, the the DLC was released in 2015 so 2 years after the first
0: uh, TLoU was was released it was 14 I looked it up it said 15 I was pretty sure it was it might be Vietnam yeah nah, it was 14 it was Valentine's Day of 14 I'm pretty sure
1: um did you play the DLC bro the original
0: yeah dude it's 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 been forever i remember the the original game better because it's longer. Mm. I mean, I, like I I remembered a, a gist of the beats, but yeah, it's been it's been longer since I've played that one. Obviously,
1: it comes for free now, right? With the, like the PS Five yeah remasters,
0: you still have to like select it. Like it's not. I I was hoping they would just um like implement it into the game, but you have to. It has like its own selection on the menu screen, so you still have to kind of do it. Yeah
1: um welcome to the show i didn't really uh welcome all the listeners to the show if you're listening you're probably a friend or a family member thank you for pulling up um if you have no idea what we're talking about dlc stands for downloadable content it's basically an extension pack that you could download and add on to a game it's not required to finish the game it's sort of kind of just like a like a supplemental mission that you can play as And, and in this one it was titled left behind and your play you play as ally um how long does it take or do you remember bro? like how long roughly it took to complete this um i mean uh,
0: i'd be surprised if it was longer than like 2 hours and what are like less. the
1: obstacles or missions yeah. like is there infected you kill or is it kind of just like an ex like environmental exploring
0: well the funny thing is uh, i mean kind of skipping ahead but like you you get to play the arcade game a little bit so, like, you're playing a game within a game. Um, You ride the carousel. Which game? It's, like, ma- mainly exploring. Which it's, which a fi- game? it's just, like, a random fighting game that they, uh. they make up. So, in this one, they they do do you one better. They by got making the MK2 the, rights. Yeah. They get those.
1: And then there's also a comic book. Either one comic book or a series. Mm. I'm pretty sure it's just one comic book that actually dives deeper into Riley's backstory. And they remember? were, like, younger, right? Yeah. Yeah, like and, way and, younger. But it dives into her backstory and how she, what she went through, uh, follow or with the outbreak. Or she was born after the outbreak. But it basically tells a story of what happened to her parents. Do you do you know about this?
0: No, I mean I I, I knew that there was a comic, but I had no idea what it, what it was about. We'll get into what yeah.
1: exactly went down um, when it comes up in the episode. But um, yeah, so this episode was written by Craig Mazin or. Er, no, no, this one was actually Neil Druckmann, excuse me, and directed by Liza Johnson. So second week in a row, we get a female directed episode. So that's what's uh, progressive uh, woke, woke, maybe too woke for some, because this was uh, got a pretty low IMDb rating, bro. Seven point uh, one second lowest or th- one of the lower ones. Um, so Liza Johnson, she's directed a lot of TV, a lot of TV that I like um, physical, the show uh on apple tv plus that i kind of dig dead to me what we do in the shadows is one of our favorite barry's one of our favorite she only did one episode of barry but it was a good one it was when um the chick's ex-boyfriend comes back and barry and he he barry confronts him remember because he, he like he's the one that would beat up on um i forget her name in the show
0: his main girlfriend yeah yeah um, that, that must be an early season it like was one. season two season two like early season two mm-hmm. yeah how many was this the fourth one, right?
1: Yeah. Dang already. No, this was bad. the third one. I think.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Th- there's just long gaps between they them. They say the why.
1: next season is the last one. I think.
0: Yeah. There's always just like what at least a year, a year and some change between oh, yeah. seasons. Yeah. A little more.
1: Yeah. Um, and then feud. She did feud a couple episodes or at least one episode of feud. um well, one of those Ryan Murphy joints that I kind of dug uh, with Jessica Lang and Susan Sarandon was in that uh that was a dope dope little series So pretty eclectic mix um thought it was a well-directed episode visually pretty captivating um so overall impressions let's just, let's just dive in uh another great one not not one of my favorites so far like this this series falls into like two tiers one is like excellent all-time one of the best t- episodes of television that I've seen in years you know and then the other uh tier is basically like just great it's just a great episode not one of the best but still an excellent stellar episode and this one probably falls into like the second tier for me um ali mentions this incident uh, basically what happens in this episode so we're knowing what happens throughout the entire episode even if we don't know like all the detail it kind of strips away some of the suspense for me at least um it's not completely void of tension but there is like this sense of impending doom that you watch and it's hard to kind of engage with all the joy and all of like the highs um, because you know you basically have you basically know when it ends or how it ends even if you don't know exactly how you know where it ends Um, and she never explicitly states what happens to Riley but it's largely implied that she's dead or that that she's not around anymore so it kind of made overall for just like a sort of awkward weird uncomfortable watching experience at least for me um because like i said all all there are some really beautiful highs between these two characters and it's it's all shaded and colored with like this dread and fear um but storm reed was excellent um i haven't seen much of her I, i did see um A wrinkle in time. That one just—it's not 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 her fault, but that's not a very good film. But I haven't seen much of her, and I'm glad she. This is like the most I feel like she's been asked to do, or at least from something I've seen. I've seen her in Euphoria, of of course, but this is like, um, I would say like my most significant exposure to her talents was in this episode, and she's great. I mean, I wasn't surprised, but um for her to like be a formidable match for Allie it's a, it's a tall task you know because Allie is so such a big larger than life character already on the show and then you have to bring you're you're asking this actor to come in for one episode and kind of be a role model to this character who kind of represents like this elite um kind of soldier type of character um but I bought it I bought that storm that um ally would look up to riley like riley seemed confident and strong and bold enough to be someone that ally would look up to um a couple of, like not con- i want to say cons or nip or like just things i rubbed up against like the show does seem to be falling into a formula of introducing a new character and then killing them off you know <laughs> Like, we've seen that happen within a... In it's a, true
0: to the game, though, dude. In, like,
1: five <laughs> of the seven episodes, right? It's true to the game and to the world. Yeah. The only episode that didn't do that was last week's episode. Um, and, I th- and then... Yeah, I think that's it, right? The Let's run it down. Week one, Sarah. Week two, Tessa. Or Tess, excuse me. Week three, Bill and Frank. Week four... Uh, I think week four, nothing happened. Yeah. That was part one. That was part one, yeah. that was that part me, one of yeah. Kansas City.
0: It reminds me of a, a saying between an old homie and I, we used to always say, um, like we liked movies where there were consequences and like people die- were dying. He'd, he'd always go, people were dying. People <laughs> are dying, dude. <laughs>
1: yeah, that that happened. Like Godzilla, Brian Cranston, he's toted as like the, yeah. f- the featured lead in the, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. For a movie, I don't know if that works for me because I'm like, what the fuck? Like, at least wait till like the second, third act. But when like a prime, like a main character, goes in the first act, I, I, it hardly ever works for me. Not to say it's never worked, but off the top of my head, I can think of more times where it hasn't worked than it well, has. But-
0: that's probably the most problematic example because God, to go from this is tangent, but fuck it, but like go from Brian Cranston to Aaron. Aaron Taylor-Johnson's like worst role, like that was just a fail. Yeah,
1: cuz you're expected to be spend this entire movie with yeah. Brian Cranston and then you don't. Yeah. And, but, and
0: he's fucking he killed that shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, he's good in everything. Yeah. Um but Yeah, so it just makes for like a like a peculiar watching experience, is what I had in my notes here. My walls are always up a bit whenever a new character is introduced. Though with Henry and Sam I didn't see it coming, which is which is weird, like, I didn't see it coming with Henry and Sam, so that was signif that was a legitimate surprise, um, yeah, so this story's kind of like, a, it's like a teenage romance, kind of comparable to the Bill and Frank episode, in, in in a lot of ways, uh, like, you have these two characters who have these opposing viewpoints, and yet this deep affection for each other, uh, they also meet, like, a tragic end, but then they meet, they, uh, but it's on their own terms. So that's how like these two storylines are kind of, I found similarities between the two. They're different because, you know, one was told over 20 years. One's just a single night. Um, Frank and Bill had the opportunity to actually build a life together. And Allie and Riley had that opportunity ripped away from them. Um, So that was just kind of some of my reflections on, on the overall episode. We do, we do see the character of Allie deepened and enriched even more than, than before and we're even more invested in her now so that's like one of the that's one of the I guess benefits of this episode Um, or one of the stronger elements of the episode is that you walk away caring even more if you didn't think that was possible about Ali, at least I did uh, knowing what she's gone through and knowing um, what she had to do to get where she is now Um, we don't get no Joel so I, had, I rubbed up against that really? um, I mean I love, uh, dude, especially mm-hmm. after last week.
0: You gotta open your mind, bro.
1: No, I know, but after last week, Fair I, warning. his performance after last week, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I missed him a little bit, just a little bit. I did get, we did get to see his face, and he did do some pretty good nonverbal acting. He, did, he does get a couple lines. What does he say? Go, I think he says go, go.
0: Go to Tommy. Eric yeah. Taffel says Tommy. It's just not so funny.
1: He's like, go, go. go to take Tommy. The, take the gun. Tells her to take the gun. We'll get into the the pot the, the the kind of, gun culture that this show kind of seems to be, <laughs> and and kind of celebrating. We'll I don't know. We'll get into that later. Fuck yeah! Just a couple more notes. John Moran, show me. um, John Mor- <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Chris Ryan made this kind of Chris Ryan from The Watch on the on the Ringer. He kind of pointed out that like the primary conflict of the show, which is supposed to be to get Allie to the Fireflies and find a cure um it's taking like sort of a back seat to all these other themes and and stories that we're exploring like uh it, it it's like the least probably like the least fleshed out element of the show like uh, there's not a lot of detail we don't really know what's you know like what's at stake I w- like I wonder if, it, if the show would be better served if it had like a parallel storyline of like the actual doctor that they're after and then you know I don't know I don't know if it would benefit but that's just that would be one way to keep us to keep at least that in mind cuz sometimes i forget like i mean i don't forget but sometimes you forget because you, you everything else is so strong like especially these side stories that they kind of turn into are so strong that you forget that oh yeah the mission is to get ally to the fireflies doctor and to find a cure um but so much time is spent on like developing character and and forging these relationships and exploring these different themes that not a lot of time spent on on the central mission of the show and i'm wondering if that's uh if that's a problem it's not really a, it's not really a problem for me just because all that other stuff is so strong but um it could be you know i don't these, know we got 2 episodes left so
0: I, I feel like they still have plenty of time to do that episodes? and i'm i'm fairly confident they will cuz I, I, I'm and I'm pretty confident in saying that this is going to be at least three seasons. Yeah, this it won't be
1: wrapped up. It doesn't seem like this find a cure shit will yeah, be and wrapped they can, up. Yeah,
0: and they can always go back with flashbacks and stuff, and, and I'm very like I'm, I would not be surprised at all if they yeah. did that.
1: And then my last little note here was if this felt shoehorned in, like this flashback was this the right time to tell this story in Joel and Allie's story? Um like the we don't quit, like, because you have to find some sort of relevance into why Allie is remembering this. And it makes sense, but it didn't make sense to me why until the very end, you know? So, like, in the middle of the episode and until that final we don't quit uh, that Riley tells Allie, I was like, oh, that's why they're showing it now because at the top of the episode, Joel tells Allie to go and, and to basically leave him behind, um... But no, I thought this was the right time to tell the story, but I didn't realize that until the very end, so I did find myself wondering like what way, why is this relevant other than to um find a place to tell Riley's story anyways, sorry, that was my long winded sum <laughs> overall, overall impression straight eighty <laughs> no, I'm just it may like i'm i'm saying i I'm defending its placement here in this in this where they decided to place it like it makes sense, but you don't realize that until Riley says at the very end, you know, we don't quit. You know what I'm saying? No, like, Unless you uh, and white played the game, then you know that that was her whole philosophy, which no, I'm not the, sure. That don't that's get me
0: case. wrong, like, I don't think they pulled it off completely. Because um, when I was watching it, it did feel kind of, for lack of better words, like, meandering and a, a little a little off-kilter. But thinking about it now, as it um directly relates to the last episode, I kind of see th- this as another... um. Henry and Sam like twofer. like like the same way those two episodes were basically like their own story I feel like this last week with Ken we saw just how 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 much Joel has grown attached to her so we saw his whole side of that and now I think of this episode even though it's in um it's filtered through the uh previous uh, previously established relationship we do open with Joel and and Ally and and she's freaking out and I, I thought it, it was bold. I mean, I'm not saying it worked completely, but I I think it worked for the most part because essentially, what this episode, is really exploring is just the the equal, um, very like high levels of fear that they have for losing each other, Joel and Ally, mm-hmm. and and it's interesting that they. They're doing that through a flashback with a completely different character, so that it, so that part of it is drawing. You know, I'm not gonna deny that, but I think for the most part it works.
1: But you could see yeah. the similarities between the role that Riley is playing here and the role that Joel is taking on. You know, yeah, like this exactly. leader and this um like noble figure that Allie looks up to. So uh, yeah, it, like, no, it made sense, but yeah. I'm just saying it didn't make s- complete sense until the end when. Like I said, Riley says we don't quit, and I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah. This well, is here. if
0: you look at it like this, is almost like um uh Ellie's Sarah episode, you know? Yeah, for sure.
1: That's exactly yeah. what
0: it is. Um. But yeah, uh,
1: any any yeah, I guess anything else, bro? Like you, but you were a fan. Does it fall into like your? Do you have the same two tiers that I have? Like excellent all timer and then just great or do you have like three tiers or what what how do you or do you even not even think about ranking or where does this episode fall Uh, for you
0: like honestly like i'll at the end i will probably single out episodes i enjoyed more than others but right now it's so difficult for me to just not look at the bigger picture especially knowing the whole story so in a way it's just hard for me to separate each episode i'm just looking at it as like a really long-winded movie you Mm -hmm. know some fucking Snyder cut shit or something, yeah. <laughs> but um, not that that's like the greatest movie, but like the way, same way they did that, they broke it up, you know, like a long ass movie broke up into mm-hmm. pieces. But yeah, like I don't know, I I thought I thought it worked, but I, I did feel like s- some fatigue in the episode. But I think that's more so just because I've I've known this story for the most part, um, like the the big beats for so long now that. And this one was, like, really super true to the game. And I feel like, if I'm being honest, this is the one episode where I felt like I, I they didn't need to, to, like, do that much, like, justice to the game. They could have switched things up a little bit, you know. And they did, you know. Like, but I, th- I feel like they, they could have switched things up a, a little more. Yeah. You know.
1: You can tell me more about that because I don't really have any yeah.
0: idea how loyal and true it is to the game. Yeah, I feel like this episode was probably the most like loyal and and straight up like lifted and adapted verbatim from the game. Interesting. For the most part, obviously. It's yeah. like it's uh. not the exact same, but yeah.
1: And Storm Reed, sh- does she work for you?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I've been talking I've been stoked about her casting since the beginning, like I just always she has such a like powerful crying face, like like it's like some ptsd shit i always just had that image in my head of her like breaking down in euphoria seeing her sister yeah fucking be a junkie and yeah like it was it was really nice to see her um like kind of get the spotlight yeah get the spotlight it was, it was dope i really enjoyed her i think she's she's up for some big thanks yeah um she should just be Storm. Everyone's always saying that. Like, just make her Storm and <laughs> yeah. MCU. We haven't so. even
1: talked about Bella Ramsey, but this was her strongest episode by far. For me, at least. She yeah. Displayed such range and uh, uh, she goes through, like, literally almost sing- every single emotion in this episode, I would argue. Like, every single one from joy, sadness, rage, uh, regret,
0: guilt, uh, yeah. all of it. That's <laughs> crazy. I think the um, this sorry to interrupt you, no but good. like the strongest through line in this whole episode is that the resiliency and, and the, um, and the longevity of, of just like childhood, um, wonder and childhood, um, like just being a kid, even when there's, there's hell literally you're surrounded you're living in a living hell
1: yeah it seems like it's primal and inherent
0: in us regardless
1: of the environment or the circumstances that the sense of like curiosity and wonder is
0: there no matter what like she showed like we see her yeah we see them both go through it yeah and we've seen those glimpses but it's it's different when it's only coming from one character and and she was born into this world you know and she's talking to Joel who's like the most negative person ever and then Sam was way younger than her and and they didn't get a lot of time together so like seeing that like two teenagers in this world and having the those those tendencies and still thinking about teenage shit for i mean for as much as they can in this world yeah it, it was it was cool i thought it was it was yeah. a nice change of pace
1: there is still some like sp- they're not on the exact same level and you know like Riley is still kind of a little bit but they bit play older. off each other well yeah. so i met but yeah. yeah but she's still she, she you could still tell she's a little bit older she's seen a little yeah. bit more she's a little bit more jaded and um but yeah yeah i thought they had great like the two of them had really great chemistry and they you bo- i believed it i bought it that they'd be best friends and um all of like the tension and all of like the Like they
0: they they fight and make up like four or five different times. Yeah. Uh, But I I saw uh, like Riley's temperament more as like she was forcing herself to be like, well, now I'm a firefly. So like now I got this going on. And we've all we've all seen like homies like that when we were younger, like, oh, I got a job now, so I can't be doing this, this and that. Oh, yeah. So kind of like. Even though she, I don't think she was doing it necessarily to to hurt Ellie's feelings, I mean we did see the conflict that they had between that because, and that was interesting too. Like mm-hmm. the, the um, like, two teenagers basically arguing about, um, like dictatorship and versus capitalism type of ideals yeah, yeah. for stuff. So that was interesting too. And and basically how little they fucking know about it, and and how now they're just thrown into the the pit of it I'm
1: forced to choose a side basically yeah,
0: yeah that was interesting and that and that's similar to to growing up as well one day you're a kid next day you're fucking like no nah, you you have to work you got to be a productive member of society i don't give a fuck or you have, you have to make
1: these decisions what do you want to be yeah. where do you want to go to school Yeah, all these things um yeah and you're like most of the time the options aren't great yeah unless you're you know unless you're lucky of course but neither one like like yeah Neither one of them have much pr- or were born into much privilege, or I don't know if any kid in this world is, but um, you see yeah, that they have yeah. to that they uh, all their options are shitty and they basically have to decide which one is the least shitty,
0: yeah. This is basically like, like a coming of age story episode, mm-hmm. like heavy, it's like some almost on, on some like apocalyptic breakfast club type shit, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, but that, that was an interesting comparison about like, oh, I can't be fucking around with this little kid shit anymore. I got yeah. a
0: job. I got to grow up. I got bills to pay.
1: That's kind of yeah. like the energy that Riley's coming at Allie mm-hmm. with. And Allie's like, uh,
0: oh, please. like,
1: Yeah, exactly. You're, you're what, two, three years older than me? Relax, yeah.
0: bro. Um, she sees right through it, too. Yeah, All this like false bravado. Yeah, and credit to the acting again because um, like, yeah, well, once we're – able to speak on that. It's, it's testament to their acting that we were able to Id- identify that in a way. Yeah. That makes it a lot more tangible, you know, cause if it was any lesser actors, it might've not come across that way. It would have been like, like, I don't buy her in this like role or buy them in these roles.
1: Yeah. Like you, you really buy like the uncertain endorsement that they are mm. each coming at each other with. Like, yeah, yeah, this is the best way I think, you know, like, that's what happens when you're a kid. When you're like, you were just being lectured from someone else, and you're kind of just regurgitating that lecture exactly. back to someone else. Like you see the corporal Wong, she's basically repeating what Corporal Wong was telling her.
0: That was a really good scene, honestly. Yeah, it was. Um, uh,
1: yeah, it was. It was good. It was. Yeah. Um, what it says about, or what I, I'm confused about what it's saying about. Fedra or these kind of regimes or, or what, but we'll we'll talk more about that in a minute.
0: But, but, but like when you think about it, it's like, if you take the apocalyptic side out of it, it was like, like a, like a junior, senior in high school getting brought into the principal's office and the guy basically saying like, what the fuck are you doing with your life, dude? Yeah. You know? So I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah. Some like eighties movie type shit, you know? Yeah. And this to me, in
1: this case, the <laughs> principal's a, a dictator and yeah. you know the head of a dictator and data, yeah. dictatorship and fascist organization. <laughs> yeah. Uh that carries out public executions. But yeah, I, I see I can see it. I see the vision. Yeah. Um we'll get into the episode a little bit of an episode breakdown here. So we open up in like this Wyoming suburb. You see a trail of blood in the snow. You uh so we we meet Allie and Joel and they're in this like abandoned house and joel's down bad bro he's bleeding out he basically is ready to hang it up for good and he says leave take the gun take the gun uh this <laughs> i'll talk more about what like the emphasis on guns so far in the series but I, I thought that was funny to take the gun like if that's the one thing that's gonna keep her safe but whatever and um ali's really losing it she's telling him to shut the fuck up and joel's telling her to go to tommy and then we see her leave like did you think she was actually going to leave when she reached for the doorknob here bro or of course not yeah i wasn't sure i was like i think she's going to go get some look for something i never never struck me that she was actually leaving um even though i think upon second watch now i'm like oh that's what the show's trying to tell you and then so then um but at that uh, when i was watching in real time i'm like she's not leaving she's going to go f- try to find some sort of first aid kit or something i don't know um but it was it, it it dawned on you that the show wanted you to believe that she was actually leaving, though. For me, it didn't. I don't. know. I missed that. I don't know.
0: I mean, it's hard because I, I watched the next on the next episode. So, yeah, like yeah, was, I did, like I already knew. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, then we get the flat. Then we then we get flashback. Mom, mom had this interesting. <laughs> experience with this episode she was she, she she didn't know it was a flashback and i'm wondering if anyone else had a similar viewing experience um and she felt all she felt all silly and stupid and i was like no actually like i wouldn't feel that bad i mean don't feel that bad for someone who has no idea about what the sh- you know i don't know
0: well that goes back to what i was saying it, it was a bold choice yeah and it didn't work um, perf like it, to perfection. It's, I think it still worked for the most part. It's but not it like it
1: had like a little clunky. It's not like it had like a six months earlier yeah. time card or something. No, no. Um, but it's heavily implied she's jogging around the this this gymnasium in a Fedra, and like Fedra. Basically, she's like in Fedra PE class at Fedra High School, like gym class. Uh, where they let you listen to your own music, bro. So I I, I never was afforded this luxury in high school, like. We couldn't listen to our own shit, bring our own shit, so um maybe Federal's not, not as bad as as uh as they say. Uh and she's listening to his Pearl Jam joint. I, f- I forgot what the title of the joint's called, but um That's a cool little Easter egg as well. I mean it's not, yeah, Druckmann's like a big Pearl Jam head, mm-hmm. supposedly. But the lyric that you hear in this particular snippet of the song is it's a hopeless situation. A little on the nose, but um um you you ever listen to Pearl Jam? Bro, that's one that I, kind of a blind spot. I, I, uh, I, I mean, I had, I tried to get into them. I just c- couldn't. I never really did. But I, I recognize I, their songs. The guy's a very distinct voice.
0: Yeah, like I, I I've obviously know of them, and like the talent is obvious. But I mean, it's not really uh, my cup of tea. But I mean, whatever. i um, It's not really a spoiler. I mean, it is kind of a spoiler. But whatever. Um, it, it connects to it's- well, don't spoil connect- me, bro. You'll be fine. It directly connects to a part in the second game between Joel, Ellie uh, and, and the guitar. That's all I'll say. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Allie's sort of dragging ass. And this B- Bethany Broad shows up and gives her some shit. Allie tells her, you know, I don't want to fight about it. And Bethany refers to her friend who fights, but she's not here anymore. And Riley. It seems like Riley usually serves as, as Allie's protector, and and this Bethany broad kind of um sees that she's she she sees her vulnerable here, and kind of uh, swoops in and tries to sort of bully her out. Uh, they get into a fight.
0: Ally, uh, Ally. Would you say your friend fights? That, yeah, yeah that was, your that was, friend that was a
1: fights, way. but she's not. So like, I thought that was a little bit clunky exposition, but I'm not mad at it. <laughs> Uh, but right away you get the idea that this is the friend that she's talking about is Riley. And, um, it kind of ties into like Allie's current predicament. She's without her protector. Right. So I, I kind of see that, um, that comp there. Um, so yeah, she gets into a fight with this Bethany. We cut to, she's in the, basically like the equivalent of like the principal's office. Like you say, like you said, and this is Captain Wong or Corporal Wong. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Um. Allie's just sitting, waiting for him to come in. She sees this family picture of of his kids, and looks like they're they're probably dead. Uh, Allie gave this broad fifteen stitches, bro. Fifteen stitches. That's that's a lot. <laughs> I wish we would have seen a little more of that that scrap. Shit. What? Fifteen
0: stitches. Shit. That girl was like towering over her, and yeah. she looked like she was like ten years older than her. Yeah. Uh.
1: Uh, I guess the budget 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 she, restraints robbed us from that. She must fight. Have want
0: X23 on her ass or some shit. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. Um,
0: Logan reference right there has been in my mind this week. Um, she, um. So Captain
1: Wong threatens to you know throw her into the hole. I wonder what the what the hell the hole is like. Jesus Christ! I wonder if it's like a detention or an ISS, uh, or worse. I I remember. ISS was whack. Detention wasn't that bad, but I remember ISS <laughs> in school suspension. Some some sort of in school suspension. Uh and maybe in like the the
0: dungeon or the basement. But were you ever in ISS, bro? I think like once or twice, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking whack. It's, it's terrible. Ours was it's in, yeah, ours was in like yeah.
1: a trailer with no windows with like the mm-hmm. worst, um, oldest head in the school for the faculty. Yeah. Like it seems like they only kept him on staff for this particular thing and yeah, it was terrible. And she even like seems to she she asks for the hole so she's like bring it on i guess she she she, she kind of likes it there she feels comfortable there um but he says it doesn't do nothing uh so he tries a different technique he basically tries to hype her up he tells her you're so smart you're stupid uh <laughs> i thought this was a little cringe kind of like uh we've seen this happen before this reminded me of uh, a <laughs> kind of the same this j cole j hope collab that dropped this week you hear the song yet
0: i haven't heard it yet but i heard about it's it it's fucking
1: tight um but he says something like one of the bars he drops is, I got a friend smart as fuck, but he's stupid as hell and it made me think of this. Um, but yeah, the little song's tight.
0: It's only cool when J. Cole says it, huh? <laughs> but it me,
1: I'm like, Is her friend is J. Cole's friend Ellie? Is there some kind of cross universe here happening? He basically lays out so uh, Captain Wong basically lays out two paths for her. Either you become a grunt or an officer, kinda gives her this cliche wiser character lecturing this younger snappy like troublemaker kid we've seen this a thousand times um but there's like a little bit of twist on here like he he realizes that her options are shitty and he kind of tries to paint them paint what he's offering as the better option it reminded me of a uh, uncle Nassim and Rami when he's when he's trying to pitch Rami on the idea of owning his own diamond business like Rami at first doesn't want anything to do with that I don't, I don't know if you remember in season one but mm-hmm. he wanted to do like his own thing and and Uncle Nasim kind of tells him, look, I have my own business and I make my own money and I don't answer to anyone. And, yeah. and uh, I make my own money. It reminded me of that. It also reminded me of something we recently saw in, in the Wu-Tang show on Hulu when uh, Master uncle uncle's pitching him on like the, the cab medallion and telling him, look, like this will be a, a life like like a healthy lifestyle. Like like they try to kind of polish up this traditionally looked down upon profession or lifestyle is like no it's not as bad as they're saying like look at me don't you want to be like me and then like the person they're talking to is typically like what the fuck you came me like that's the last thing i want to be like yeah.
0: <laughs> well they're glamorizing a conservative path yeah you know but i mean shit you can have way worse options than being a officer in federal or being a cab driver yeah <laughs>
1: well he- you new york i mean <laughs> yeah yeah, but he kind of tells her, like, you can either be shoveling shit and eating shit, or yeah. you can be the one giving the shit.
0: They're basically saying you could either, like, be at rock bottom, not doing anything, or you could, like, be average. Yeah. Just be average. Yeah. Average is good.
1: He says, he's basically saying, you can coast. Like, look at me. Yeah. I'm I'm chilling. I'm living yeah. it. I'm living my best life. Girl, you can, too. I see it in you. I can help yeah. you get there. He's kind of, like, seducing her with this, like, ultra- unglamorous like pretty problematic fascist uh lifestyle um
0: yeah but but when you think about it in the context of of a kid's mind any option that's not their one option is going to be unglamorous yeah. so and that's just how kids think that you know that they, they, they don't have a plan b there's no plan b so th- they're trying to glamorize the plan c approach yeah and and they're like, no fuck that. There's only Plan A and Plan A only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is even Ellie's Plan A though? Like, exactly. we don't know yet. Uh, <laughs> Most people don't have a Plan A. Yeah. Uh, Their Plan A is all figured out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm a chill. I'm a. Yeah. it out. Um. How did you feel about seeing a sympathetic Fedra officer here, bro? Fedra officer here. I was
0: gonna say earlier, I thought that that guy for the short screen time he was in, he was pretty good. No, he was good, but yeah. I'm not
1: questioning the performance or the actor. I just thought yeah. it was. Tr- strange to see fedra presented this way at first i was like is this fedra because we hadn't seen fedra painted in this light up to this point where he was it was so opposite of what we've seen from them um except for maybe that first fedra that first yeah, exactly it's lady officer I was who was i,
0: I, I kind of like their approach they're going with this yeah
1: it's like kind of reminds you of Andor a little bit like yeah like he's kind of like a Cyril, Cyril Carn. He reminded me of like Cyril yeah. Karn a little bit, like who believe he truly believes in the cause, um, or I'm not sure if he truly believes in the cause, but he's at least convinced himself to believe in it enough to serve it. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a cliche, but like, it's um, we're always talking about heroes and villains, and we always want to differentiate. And so many shows and and movies, they try and have that approach like well it's a a matter of perspective like in their eyes they're the hero you know which is like it's easier said than done but I think for the most part they're doing a pretty good job about it I I like the way they're setting up the factions and this is how they refer to them in the game factions right fedra there's a bunch of um, militias hunters hunters fireflies um, yeah and the second games are they're seraphites so that they're like religious salads Mm. and then there's a similar to what and i think that's why they entered they added that um uh linsky's crew because they were more organized than the hunters were in the game they were basically like a, a militia that overthrew the government and there's another one of those that comes up later in the story too so i like i like that they're already planting those seeds of factions of like in in these in the Firefly's mind they're the heroes and the and in the fedger's mind they're the heroes and he even says it so um or was it Wong? Yeah. Yeah, he even says it. he's like we're all the only one's holding this shit all together, so. Yeah. Whatever he says. Um
1: no, yeah, the show hasn't painted yeah. any particular fashion in the sh- in the most complimentary light at all. Like it mm-hmm. it's kind of got, it seems to almost gone out of its way to point at how almost all these factions exist in the gray mm-hmm. uh, and how complex the politics are in the show. I just thought it was a little bit of a whiplash from to go from what we saw Fedra do in Kansas City, in Kansas City, and even in Boston to this guy who seems like a legitimately like a uh, thoughtful and compassionate person. Like, how did he get wrapped up in this? Like, I don't know. Just it was just a little bit strange, and it had me questioning what the show is trying to say about these mm-hmm. regimes and what he's trying, what what it's trying to say about governments and all and who. Wh- who we put in charge and I don't know. I just rubbed up against it a little bit, but yeah, so far, like, like you've heard the the show called Fireflies, flies, terrorists hunters have kind of been depicted as Antifa Um, fedra. Obviously they're almost like Nazis. Um, It made me think about the line that was spoken in kin. When Joel says, not everyone who has a bad reputation is bad. Um, Mm -hmm. Even the Jackson compound, they weren't painted perfectly. Like they're like, it seem like they've killed a lot of people. Commies, too. yeah, they're com I, mean, that's not, I don't really have a problem with that, but the fact that they've killed people and they leave the bodies on the other side—I mean, that's, I'd like to—I I might have a few more questions, as I expressed last week, about uh, w- how they, what criteria they have set up as who they let in and who they let out. But yeah, like you said, Wonk says we're the only thing holding this all together, and I guess he, he, he i mean, he has a point. Look what happened to Kansas City. Like, clearly Kathleen was unsuited for leadership like she basically got all those people killed so um and the fact that the show continues to prove these people to be right like in bill and frank you see that the kind of paranoid survivalist he's proven right um we've seen it again with uh with kathleen and, and like you know what i'm saying like to see that these fears and these suspicions justified and validated it just it's um it's interesting like the show hasn't come down hard enough on one side or the other. It's kind of letting you decide, and, and uh, yeah, it just it's just it's just one. It's just interesting how much they've left up to the audience to decide. You know, like uh, they're, they're yeah. constantly trying to pull us in one direction, one direction and the other about how to feel about Fedra and how to feel about all these different factions. And I guess we're not supposed to. It's complex. It's complex. It's
0: complicated. It's basically where I where I come down on. I think there's a, a clear narrative intention of the, the no half measures approach, because like you just mentioned, we saw what half measures or when you bring um, personal issues into your, um, like with Kathleen, like she, she let things get personal and mm-hmm. now her entire army is dead, so... And, um, I would say like the Jackson, they kind of have a similar approach, but I mean, they're, they're at least making like what they have going on is the best thing so far that we've seen, yeah, it's Working, you know? I mean, they're still having to get their hands dirty, but I mean, in this world, that's what it goes back to what I was saying. Like you can't take half measures. You can't, you have to just swallow your pride and do some things.
1: Yeah. Um, no matter how noble and righteous you You try to be. There's gonna be people who come for you, and you're gonna have to do what you have to do to protect what you've built here. And that's what we see with Jackson. I think they're the ones that have been that have been come out of this the cleanest out of I think Mm -hmm. from the show out of all these other factions. Um, so after she gets this little pep talk from Wong, we cut to the Fedra barracks. We see her her bedroom a little bit. It's decorated like they let them decorate. That's that's pretty cool. So it seems like, like again like Fedra Fedra comes out of this episode looking pretty good. (laughs) Uh, she has like dinosaurs and she has like moon moon posters and you see the first the first volume of will livingston's joke book and then yeah she's she's laying in the bed you know trying to trying to focus on reading the savage starlight uh comic but she's got a lot on her mind like her best friend is missing wong just gave her this um presented her with this crossroads that she seems that she's she's gonna have to decide one way or the other yeah, quick
0: reality check. Yeah,
1: pretty much. She so she she can't really focus on this comic book, but I I, I took a close look at the the panels that she was looking at. And It looks like a, it was like a team up of a man and a woman, and like the the man kind of looked like Joel, and I thought that mm-hmm. was kind of interesting. I don't know, um, but I don't know if the, if they ever show the panels of the actual comic Savage Starlight up close like that in the game.
0: No, it's just the the front just cover the and the back.
1: So who's this guy? Like, do you know who the guy was? Just one of her, I guess just another character in the comic. I wonder if he has a name or if he's named in the...
0: Yeah, the, they're named and there's such a a cute part in the second game. It's like, um, it's a couple ye years, or like, um, Joel has a conversation, like, that he read it. He's like, oh, I read that. It's pretty good. And he's like, talks about the characters and he's like... Oh, that part where Captain or whatever, that, that was pretty good.
1: Oh, I love I love when movies do part. that. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I love when movies do that. And she's all, she's all like, she like giggles. She's like, oh, yeah, I told you it was good. Yeah. yeah.
1: Michael Clayton with <laughs> the George Clooney joint sort of does that. Like, there's this book that's in that movie and hmm. he talks about the book with the sun it. Uh, uh, it's kind of like, an, it's always used as like a really endearing moment. Or, But yeah, I like that. Um and then Riley sneaks up on her like Richard Ramirez in this in this next little <laughs> scene like home invasion shit like she almost got stabbed and Allie kind of pulls out the knife is quick with the quick with the draw Riley tries to tell her it was just a joke and um Ali says you know I I could have I, I should have stabbed you and uh Riley says I appreciate your mercy I've kind of upon second viewing i was like oh this is like a dark foreshadowing you know like appreciate like i wonder if she showed her mercy when uh, um we don't see the end or how riley actually goes or what happens exactly but i wonder if ally had to actually stab her or do something like show her mercy but i thought that was kind of like dark foreshadowing um
0: yes yeah, she she pulled up with that kansas city federal agent and <laughs> <laughs> yeah the worst the worst of the worst um,
1: you see that? Uh, she tells her like, "Where you been?" She joined the Fireflies, and she doesn't believe her. And then she—the proof is the gun. Like she, she flashes that like, she, she flashes the the steel, and and all he's like, "Oh shit!" And so I guess the Fireflies are just out here recruiting little girls and arming them with with nine mils, bro. I thought that's—I have some questions about this. Like, what's Marlene doing, just stalking the streets, like like looking for vulnerable, lost girls? Yeah. <laughs> kind of reminds me of like. How uh, how pimps
0: find their hoes, you know, like they're yeah. like, hey,
1: want to make some money, like Mar Marlene, is like a madam of mercenaries.
0: Well, at that point in the game, Mar- Marlene is just so desperate, and and like all of her men are dead, basically. Yeah. And then, um I'm pretty sure they didn't have it in the show, but when Allie first meets Joel in the game, like a smartass, uh, that clutch. Troy Baker delivery he's like recruiting him a little long aren't you Marley <laughs> so and it's it's a dress it's yeah. at least recognized yeah. that the yeah. fact that fed uh, fireflies yeah. are you know
1: trying to recruit these young kids is kind of problematic or questionable at the at best mm-hmm. uh the show, so the gun, like this gun thing. I keep seeing these gun, guns, like this emphasis on guns, and the show kind of treats guns the way that Star Wars treats lightsabers, like it's like this instrument of heroism and justice and bravery, and and I don't, I don't know how I feel about that, bro. You know, I don't know.
0: You gotta stay strapped. <laughs> Seriously, come on, dude. Especially in this world, I, uh I guess. Uh, it, it, well, see, that's the thing. Like, they need, that's my one gripe. Like. In the context of the game, with the shit you see out there, like dude, like um, I just wish there was a little, a little more love for the infected and in their and their threat. You know, like obviously very pleased with the Kansas City you know, horde, but it's like they definitely have a shortage of of uh, infected energy in the show. Yeah, and I get it, I get it, because the 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 story, it's in and of itself, is so good. But yeah, they they definitely need to ramp that up.
1: Yeah. Um, but uh, so basically, Riley says, you know, come out with me, have the best night of your life. Allie doesn't really want to go, but 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 um, kind of reminds me of how she says, oh, Joel Joel will say no at first, but then he'll say yes. It seems like she's kind of guilty of that. She's the Joel in this situation, you know. Like Riley just kind of has to. Um, polish her, massage her, her a little bit to get her to come out, and she she decides to come out, and then uh, you see Ali ask her to turn turn around when she changes, and this is like the first hint of sexual tension that, or like, like Im- Im- implication that there's like some kind of r- romantic feelings between them. It's kind of sort of, you blink and you miss it, and the and and when she's talking to Tess about Tess asked her if she has a boyfriend in episode two, but it's pretty pretty obvious that Ali's queer right yeah oh yeah um so then they go out this kind of reminded me of like immediately reminded me of damon and, and uh the house of the dragon how damon and rainier went out to flea bottom and that one that one episode where he sneaks her out do you remember that episode yeah like the fucking night carnival yeah yeah like that, yeah. that wild night out that they had it kind of reminded yeah. me of that and they almost get caught like right away that that uh fedra is kind of heavy they're out in these streets patrolling heavy and uh So we get a reference to like the eyebrow, the origin of Ali's eyebrow scar. I guess it happened at some 7-Eleven. Is this touched on in
0: in the game? I don't even remember them saying that in this episode. When did they say that?
1: Oh, that was so much for them being too stupid because Fedra was right there. And she's like, yeah, it could have been. At least it wasn't a 7-Eleven situation. Um, Taking
0: educated guess, maybe that's that's, uh, Easter egg from the comic. Yeah. I don't know. Probably the comic, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. And um so, right, this is like the first time Riley re- recognize, or I'm not, I'm not sure if Riley recognizes the black eye or the shiner inside the barracks or here. But she kind of asks her what went down with this Bethany braun and kind of gives her another lecture. So we see Allie already at the wrong end of a lecture for the second time in this episode. But she pushes up against it, like she's smart enough and aware enough to understand when she's being talked down to, and she pushes back. She pushed back against. She may, she may not have pushed back against Wong, but she's not afraid of Riley, like. I like how they're like. Sure, Riley's a little bit. It's not completely balanced. Like the, it's clear that Riley's more of like the mature leader in the in the situation, but or in this relationship. But Allie kind of pushes back and and doesn't just take everything uh, at face value, or doesn't you know doesn't just accept her word as gospel. I, I like that a little bit. Um, they so they break into a building. And they have this flashlight.
0: I guess this is a nod to the game. Like, you, have, you would have to shake your controller or something, bro. Do you remember yeah, this? Yeah, show us on. <laughs> what? That, that tr- um, Whatever technology they had on the PS3 is six axis shit.
1: They don't have that for the four or five?
0: Mm, uh, the five is more haptics. Like, the, the triggers, they they have weight to them in certain sections. And then the vibration's a little better. But yeah, the six axis is like if you move your controller a certain way, and then. Um, your like player would move, or there'd be a certain game mechanic. It it didn't really add much, mm. but when the PS3 was first coming out, they're like, "Yeah, Six X, yeah. this is the next next big thing." Yeah, <laughs> I remember like it was yeah. toted and
1: promoted so heavily, and everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, this is the next yeah, like you said, the next yeah. big thing."
0: PS3 or PS4,
1: whichever. Yeah, I think one it was three. I don't know.
0: Uh, yeah, pretty sure. The two three.
1: vibrate. I thought that I always thought that was cool and that that was effective. Like that worked really well. Yeah, two vibrated. Was it? Were they the first um to do
0: that? Like, yeah, I don't think PlayStation One. Vibrated. No, I know
1: PlayStation One. But I'm saying like it wasn't uh, Xbox or Nintendo that came up with the. Cause that's a I'm not that's sure. a million dollar idea. I wonder who had that first idea. You know, it's I, I like to go yeah. back and look into that.
0: Most people take it off now for Call of Duty and shit because they want to aim better. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. We see stairs show its rear its ugly head again, bro. Seven flights. So stairs is like, like I said, pose a bigger threat in this show than the fucking infected. Yes. But, uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Allie's kind of resistant to climb up all these stairs. Uh, Riley promises it's only two, but it turns out to be seven. Um, so far, the show has been really fluid and consistent in story and character. But Allie's endurance and conditioning is the one character inconsistency I can't let slide, bro. How did she go from being winded after seven flights to being able to knock out 33 uh, just a few weeks later, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, to be fair... <laughs> it
1: makes no sense. She, this whole show makes no sense. W-
0: well, by the time they got to Kansas City, shit, they were already hiking goddamn everywhere. So she got that. Well, no, they
1: they drove to Kansas dirt. City, but they hiked out of they, Boston. They hiked a lot in Boston.
0: Yeah, but, in Bill and, Cam- or Bill and Frank's area, they were, were straight hiking. Yeah, but
1: here at seven, she was... She was winded. She was down bad. Um, we find this dead body, and she had just scrapped that day too. Yeah, I guess. But she, she, she. And then it's two in the morning. It's three in the morning. Like, I'm, she got pulled out of bed to go do this shit. Yeah, exactly. I'm not mad. I'm, I'm not mad at it. Um, so we, they find this dead body, and morbid ass Allie thinks, like this is the surprise. She's all excited. I thought that was funny. She's like, is this a surprise? And this motherfucker OD'd. It looks like like alcohol and pills and. And Riley says, like, doesn't he know he's not supposed to do that? And I thought, Ali's like, I think he knew what he was doing. I thought that was shit was funny. And then the body falling, kind of like this absurd uh, horror physical comedy that kind of came out of nowhere. But it uh, broke the tension pretty well and kind of uh, set the kind of like the playful energy that we that's carried through, like, th- the next couple of sequences of the show. Uh, that was like the funniest moment of the show. Yeah, sure. It was funny. Yeah.
0: I mean, the context of the, the world they grew up in, like, seeing a dead body is you know, a no new thing, so to see it fall through yeah, the, a floor like that would be pretty fucking funny. Yeah,
1: and, uh, <laughs> Allie finds this just uh, absolutely hilarious. She's cracking up. Little psycho indeed. Uh, this reminded me of uh, what Marlon, when Marlon called her little psycho in the last episode. They had like, uh, Allie clearly is a, li- a little, just a little demented, a little, a couple screws loose, um, they get to the rooftop, and they're they're drinking the dead man's booze. Uh, we discover that Riley, this isn't Riley's first dead body, that she saw her parents. Um, Allie asks her, you know, is this your first dead body? She's like, no, my parents, duh. And Allie's like, oh, shit, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, forgot about them. Um, I guess this, this is a point we could talk about Riley's backstory. So if you don't know, in that comic book, briefly, like, in a nutshell, her her dad turned, killed her mom, and Riley was forced to kill her dad. Do you know do you know about that? No, yeah. I didn't. So, uh wow, pretty 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 fucking traumatic. And you see that
0: on some dawn of the dead shit. Yeah.
1: Um, you see it on Riley's face that there's a whole and that's like the power of, of Storm Reid's performance here and some actors in general who when called upon to remember or look back on some off screen event or something that didn't actually happen, it's uh, that's what separates like a good actor from a great actor is when you really buy that they're they've lived that journey in their mind, and you can see like just on on uh, Storm Reed's face. Um, you see, you've seen a lot of actors do this. Like Jeffrey Pierce did this when ask when reminiscing about Michael, Kathleen tells him to remember what happened to Michael or remember why we're doing this, and you see what. So just the whole, all around the performances have been great, but this was just a little. Nice touch by Riley. Uh, by excuse me, Storm Reed here.
0: Instant survivors gu- survivors guilt face. Yeah, not just resting survivors yeah, guilt face. Not just survivors
1: guilt, but like fuck, like that <laughs> yeah. really happened. I had to kill my old man. Fuck, that's, that's that's that had to be deep. Um, Allie's like obsession. We see Allie again obsession with guns. She asked for the gun and questions like why are you doing this and this is kind of when we first see them these opposing viewpoints kind of clash we see that Allie clearly isn't a fan of the fireflies she kind of believes that they're terrorists and and we see riley defending them as against this fascist that the Fed is like these fascist nazis basically and and she kind of asks um you know what happened and that she was kind of out late one night doing what she does sneaking around town I guess this is I guess she's really good at sneaking around I was trying to think like 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 who what character in, in like pop culture is like the best sneaker around like who could kind of sneak up on anybody um and I kind of thought the first one that came to mind is obviously like Daredevil but do 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 is there any other ones not in any like pop property that was just J- John Turturro from Mr. Deeds dog <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's a good that's a good pull, bro. Great, great <laughs> pull, yeah. Um, but I guess that's that's Riley's superpower is the ability to sneak. And Marlene recognizes this strength and kind of decides, hey, that we could use that. Fireflies could use a good sneaker, and she kind of tries to recruit her. asks her the I guess the one, uh, like, entry level, uh, like interview question for for Fedra or excuse me for Fireflies is what do you think about Fedra? And Riley. Gets the answer right, she basically says, Fuck fedra, uh fuck twelve, basically, um, mm-hmm. and she's like, all right, this is you' you're you're the right person for this and
0: yeah, kind of I, I kind of saw that too as as like a little uh, fourth wall like acknowledgement of of gamers like 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 Riley played the game well, you know she she didn't get caught, mhm, because, like, you know games you constantly are sneaking around
1: yeah. well, I mean, well she did, Marlene caught her, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, um,
0: yeah, but she like commended her like
1: you're good, you're good at this game, yeah.
0: You're good at this game mechanic.
1: Yeah, one thing that my boy Dave Chen pointed out was, like, he always has, like, these weird nitpick, like, reality, like, if it's too incredulous, he kind of questions it. But he was, like, questioning how Allie and Riley are aware of these ideas like propaganda or fascism or rebellion and and. And how do they I I mean, I remember learning about propaganda in books, like in textbooks. So like that idea or or having an understanding of what propaganda is and how it's weaponized didn't uh, bother me too much. But I wonder, um, yeah, like the fact that they're so aware of all these kind of um, tools and weapons that government and factions kind of use to uh, bring people into their onto their team and stuff. But I don't know. Just just a just an observation there, which is a pretty cool sequence of them like jumping across the rooftops. I thought this looked pretty pretty awesome would you th- would you think about this little this little visual action it's kind of like a little action sequence? the music kind of ramps up you get like this kind of heroic action music playing
0: yeah, I saw that as as another nod to like gaming and level design like it's always fun to run across buildings in a video game so. That's what I saw it. as. I always
1: appreciate a good like rooftop chase, you know, like yeah. uh, Winter Soldier has probably one of the best ones ever. Um there was a there's a there's a pretty good one in Moon Knight had one like the first or second episode. I remember when Obi-Wan has a has a decent one, but
0: uh rooftop rooftops like certain rooftops just look fucking badass. Yeah. Like when we were we were catching Godfather 2 on TV oh, yeah, a couple a weeks one. ago. Like he's not running or anything, but he just looks hard up yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something cinematic yeah. about a rooftop. Yeah, yeah, it just looks cool. Um So Ally's out of breath again.
1: I think like, it's funny how that's kind of like uh, emphasized a couple times in this episode. Like once they once they get to where they needed to be, she's out of breath again. Just thought that was funny. Um So yeah, she she's worked on her conditioning since this episode. She's come a long way, bro uh hiking 800 miles i guess from from KC to wyoming will do that for you um now they're finally they're finally at the mall Allie's a little tripped out like what isn't f- infected here riley tells her to kick back relax it's all chill it's all good it's all good here fedra doesn't know that the power grid is connected to the mall so she kind of tries to set her up for the surprise and Allie's so reluctant like riley basically has to like force her into the surprise setup i, I hate when i when we have to do this you know like uh when you're trying to surprise somebody and they're not like following the steps that you you, you expect them to like no you got like when sometimes when i'm opening a present you're like and you have something like hidden away and tucked away at the bottom and they're yeah. like going through it and you have to be like uh is there something else in there uh look look keep looking like you have to kind of basically guide them in and it's like kind of almost ruins the surprise you know because you want them to discover the surprise on their own but Allie doesn't want to walk into the mall Riley has to basically says go in there turn right please so I can fucking do this surprise for you bitch and <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny it reminded me of sometimes how we have to set up surprises for for people like for especially for, like not that we give many surprises to dad anymore but he almost always has to be like handheld into the surprise
0: um, some people just don't handle surprises well and then if you think about it in the context of a teenager she might think like are you fucking with me yeah. like are you just gonna like laugh at me if I turn the corner and there's nothing there
1: yeah. I just uh, yeah. I, I appreciate that little touch so then yeah. we get some let there be light basically I, I titled this little part of the episode and this looked awesome I wonder how much is like visual effects and how much wasn't it kind of reminded me of ready player one I never seen that movie but it just like the the blend <laughs> you have not
0: Randy's favorite movie right there
1: <laughs> um shout out randy but like the blend of like um like a condemned building up against like all these flashing lights and and kind of neon it reminds me it reminded me of of ready player one and also remind me of reminded me of stranger things, things. things yeah season i think season two three two the billy the billy season it's three yeah um but the design looked great. I thought the I thought the production design overall was excellent in here, and it's been excellent overall in the in the entire series. Like you think about how many different environments that they had to design between Jackson and Kansas City, and then the old before times, and now this. It's just been uh, they haven't missed with production design. I hope that I don't even know if there's an Emmy for production design. I don't think there is. I know there is for the Oscars, but there should be for first for for TV because. The set design, since most of these big budget projects are transitioning to TV, like some of these sets, like, uh, and and just production design in general look great. Like, Mando looks great. Some of these other sets are always, I'm always just kind of impressed. And that's one thing I appreciate and kind of keep my eyes open for. And this looked awesome. Um, Allie promises to take her to the Four Wonders of the Mall. And we get this, we kick into this Take On Me song. I guess this is kind of a nod to the game, Take On Me, right, bro?
0: Fuck yeah, yeah! Damn, there. Craig Mason must love Last game. of Us Part Two because the oh, the part connections he's making are like ridiculous. Every episode, there's a con- at least like three or four connections to parts of the second game. This is um, one of the songs she sings to uh, to Dina. Oh, okay. In the second game, it's like my, arguably like one of my favorite parts of the game. It's so tight.
1: It's weird. Um-
0: Ashley Johnson fucking kills it, dude. It's a tight s cover.
1: Yeah, it's weird that the, yeah. the first trailer for the show had the Take On Me song cover or something. And then mm-hmm. I saw this news come out a few weeks ago that they took out the music for some reason and they took down that trailer. Like you can't even find the original trailer for the show anymore with that song that they changed the song for some reason. I'm not sure why. They have the rights to it. They used the the exact version
0: here. Um, but Yeah, they started using the... um. The old country singer song. What was that fool's name?
1: Hank Williams. The one that,
0: huh? Yeah, Hank mm-hmm. Williams. They started using that one instead, right? Uh, I don't know what they replaced it with. Yeah, it went for it went from "Take on Me" to then it, then they started using the Hank Williams oh, cover. Interesting. I wonder, I wonder why. Or vice versa. I don't remember. No, it started. It "Take on."
1: The original was "Take on Me," and then yeah, yeah, people were complaining because like they love that trailer. Yeah. Um. And now it's gone. But here we we see it here again, and like you said, it's a big nod to the game. So. That's what's up. Second game. Or second game. Sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> so the first. Part two. Wonder 1A. Wonder point five. How do you want to call this? But it's the escalator. But uh, Ali is uh, excited to see this escalator. Stairs again. Stairs come in. But this time a little twist. It's a kind of an antidote to a staircase. It's the escalator. Whoever invented the escalator. Godsend. Uh, thank you. Um, never in Ali's <laughs> wildest dreams did she does she imagine that you could actually skip stairs by utilize by with this in wild invention. And she's like, is this the first wonder? And Riley's like, uh, sure. So I guess there's five wonders. I thought that was funny. Um, that whole sequence. I remember as a kid, I thought escalators were pretty cool up until like, I want to say like 10 years old. Like they always kind of tripped me out. Did you ever have any, uh, wonder around escalators,
0: bro? Or yeah, th- th- that was definitely intentional. Every kid or most kids, Go ape shit over it <laughs> for the first time, yeah. Yeah,
1: I thought that was cool. Uh, like so, like you said at the top of the episode, this this childlike wonder, yeah, that is inherently present inside, even you know, even post outbreak kids like Allie and Riley. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught this, but there's
0: like a dawn. Uh, there's a movie poster
1: t- titled "Dawn of the Wolf." Did you catch this? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's the exact same one. Oh, from it's the from game. the game. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. But
1: it's basically like it looked like a Twilight parody. I didn't look yeah. into this, but it looked yeah. that's funny. Um,
0: They're all over in the that's game. That's funny.
1: Um, <laughs> Riley kind of gives her this tour of the mall. Allie says, like, sees that some of the stores are empty, some are not. Sneakers or soap? Why do people steal sneakers and leave the soap? She can't understand this. Can't understand this fascination that the previous that that the, the before culture had with sneakers. I thought that was kind of a funny. Uh,
0: kind of a funny takedown of oh my sneaker God, culture, man. Dude, <laughs> the, that was like the funniest fucking part of the episode. The foot Locker is it, just but, fucked. Yeah. But the the most unrealistic thing though is like there'd be fucking bodies in the Foot Locker <laughs> dude. There would be bodies, bro. There'd be fucking Bullet, piles blood on of the windows. Yeah, there'd be blood everywhere. That's funny. Fucking funny. Yeah.
1: and then that uh, right next to the Foot, or right next to the 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 soap store. I don't know what it was called, but you see the Victoria's Secret and. And Allie's like, what in the world? What were these people thinking, weirdos? They can't, they can't comprehend why people would dress themselves in this, in these g-strings and this butt floss, and and uh, they're like, yeah, it looks uncomfortable. I thought this, this was funny, kind of a funny moment. Um, but then you see Allie fix herself in the reflection of the window. So again, this is like the second kind of hinting at uh, if it hasn't been obvious enough up to this point that Allie has some feelings for Riley. Riley sets up the, the surprise and so now we're at the, the 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 actual first wonder which is the carousel again the production design of this was was gorgeous. You see a pretty cool shot like a wide shot of them standing in front of the carousel and it's, it's slowly lighting up. Like I love the way how like it gradually ramps up to, to being lit like you see it flickering and in certain parts and then and then the whole thing's lit up and I thought it looked great. And you you recognize the song right away. It's like this kind of harmonious you know cover of the cure just like a dream one of my favorite songs uh the song gets me every single time and such a such a beautiful little rendition here so this the music continues to play a pivotal 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 part in the series and it's always comes in and it seems to like really elevate moments in it and it um, seems like the, the that's a certain skill you know to decide when and what type of music to bring in and when to when to use it and how to use it and the show's done really good at that kind of an an underappreciated skill uh like we watch this show on apple tv and apple tv in general does random ass needle drops like all the time and it's always seems God. so out of place and even like um the one that you and that you kind of like, shrinking, the one with uh, Jason Segel and them, like
0: they have ran- They actually have good songs. Yeah, but songs, but the, but the needle yeah. drops
1: are so like jarring, and it's always.
0: But at least they're good yeah. songs.
1: Um, but carousels, like, they, they they how do carousels make you feel? For me, it makes me like it's kind of like this romantic element, this wondrous, childlike element uh, to it. It's always utilized in films and TV as like this kind of melancholic, bittersweet. Uh, to try to highlight these bittersweet moments. But um, have you ever actually been on a carousel, bro? Do you remember?
0: Yeah, the one at Magic Mountains. Like, oh, they have one at Magic Mountain, Like a big yeah. one? It's like one of the like the earliest ones, like when you first walk in. Mm. It's like in like the early area. Like kind of um, going towards Revolution, I think there's a big one. That's nice. I'd right like there. to
1: understand like the history behind carousels and who invented the first one and how that came about because it's just... Uh, whoever invented it had to have like retained their childlike wonder all the way into it into adulthood to be smart enough to like engineer this thing because it seems, yeah, because they're fucking yeah, huge. It, it has so many moving parts and, yeah. um, but they never, they never miss like they always, they're always there. They're a reliable, uh, if you ever want to like sort of strike straight at the heart of something and show that the show two characters truly care about each other, whether it's like a father and son and face off, that reminds me of face off. Um. Uh, it always works. I think the Punisher had one oh, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sadness. You see the sadness come over Aliish at the like at the seemingly highest point of of her joy with all of this. She's kind of looking around. She's so happy and and this is this is something that happens to me. It's like a I don't know if it's like a typical symptom of people predisposed to to melancholy or depression, but like when I feel like true truly joyful moments, um, I can only rest in them for so long before i start to think about other things you know or like what's really happening and be reminded of all the pain and suffering which is always there so it's like kind of a futile thing to do but um there's something about like being taken to these highs that reminds you of the lows and it seems like ali's remembering like oh yeah this is all temporary i think that's what it is like the temporary and the rareness of true like uninhibited joy sort of always reminds me of of all the other bad shit. I don't know if that happens to everyone else, but do you, what about you, Brian? I don't want to get too deep here, but is this
0: something you Fuck, relate dude, to? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's like, in, in this one, it's like you touched on it with the, the idea of the carousel. It's it's such a short term, temporary, quick, like oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, there yeah. one minute and it's a short not, ride, you know, you know, like I, it's obviously, I mean, I've, obviously everyone's different, but you know, certain situations you're going to be able to hold on to the happiness for a lot longer but in this instance and in this world like you're lucky if you get a couple seconds yeah
1: that's a good point that the fact that the carousel ride is always so short you always want to go again when you're a kid you know that, that actually ties in really well they get into another argument again about who is actually the good guy so we see this kind of retreaded a little bit and ali basically has a new idea here she's like we're the future what if we change things she 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 has she seems like she's adopted this position that she could change the system from the inside you know um it reminds me of training day when uh when uh alonzo's telling jake that you know work your way up to detective change the system from the inside you, you remember <laughs> that like because because jake's like this isn't the way this isn't the way this is after they rob roger and um it seems like Allie's kind of drinking the Kool-Aid and thinking that she can actually, you know, we're the future. Like, Fedra doesn't always have to be this bad. What if we become leaders? We'll lead this thing and we could change it. Uh, I thought that was, like, a pretty optimistic, hopeful uh, viewpoint from Allie. And and Riley's like, they don't want me. Uh, they've already, like, put, put me to, like, sewage duty. And I wonder if there's some racial bias or prejudice here. Like, the fact that Allie's given, like, this kind of... Um, fast pass shortcut to leadership or she's been offered this like fast pass to leadership and uh the fact that wong has kind of demoted riley to this other un- like um un-
0: undesirable task it's, it's it's i wonder what's going on there i don't know um yeah, it doesn't help that like in that scene of them all running it's just like a sh- sea of little white girls yeah all of them it's like literal sea of little caucasian yeah. girls
1: everyone else is in the hole i guess um, <laughs> yeah We're cleaning up shit <laughs> yeah so now we reach the third wonder. Um, it's the photo booth. The time she's like, "Is that a time machine?" And uh, these photo booths, bro, they're like a relic of the past. Cell phones replaced photo booths, and it's kind of sad. I remember these things used to be plopped around the mall or whatever. And I don't know if you ever remember. I know that you, at the fair they have them sometimes, but the Toys R Us one. Toys R Us. All right, you remember that one? Fuck yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> say. Ali still has these photos though that they take here, right? Ali yep. still has these photos. Didn't I see her? Didn't we see that strip of photo in another episode? I think so. Yeah,
0: sure. she has it in her backpack mm-hmm. at all times in the game because you can access your backpack. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've seen it. And she's she's always carrying it. Unless I dreamt it. that,
1: but there's something about photo booths that like release this uninhibited freedom and silliness. You know that that you don't get that cell phones can never really replace unless you unless the person taking the selfies. is like, okay, silly face, but. In photo booths, like, there's, like, this freedom and, like, this kind of, um, you can kind of let your hair down and be silly that it kind of encourages. I don't know what it is about a photo booth, but, you know, it's never like you take a regular picture. I mean, sometimes, but most of the time you're doing something silly. I remember at the yeah. ranch house, we have a couple of strips at the at the Camarillo Ranch House. Jasmine used to work out. We, uh, they're fun. I don't know. There's something fun. I Tavern. Tavern had oh, yeah. one, dude. Tavern and,
0: was sick. And there's still a thing, like, shout out yeah.
1: Angel Garfield. He used to kind of he used to run that run that
0: right run that hustle yeah he had he would bring the actual booth because a lot of people just do it without the booth they just have with the fucking light now that's yeah. it it's just a ipad with a light in front of it no, no curtain nothing yeah. and yeah shout out angel and gabe gabe we did that for a minute um but yeah he would bring he, he made a like a, a literal booth yeah with the curtain and all that shit it was dope yeah. he's always fuck around with that so
1: that's one thing that cell phones won't be able to fully replace is like like i said encouraging that childlike silliness that that Photo boost, do so. Another sweet moment here. So, again, like this episode isn't really moving the plot forward or anything, it's kind of (laughs) just and it has this isn't the first time it's done this, where it's kind of just letting you settle and spend time with these characters. And it it, it worked for me overall, and just letting you kick it with some gay people, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um. Then we get to the fourth one, or this is this is like the big one, Uh, the arcade MK2. In my opinion, bro, Riley is delivering on her promise of the best night ever. Like fourteen-year-old Bob, even even thirty-five-year-old Bob would would definitely be down with all this shit. Uh, you know, you got you got a you got a carousel, you got a silly photo booth sesh, a little MK two. Say less, bro. I'm there. This shit seems
0: lit. Yeah, it made me think of the arcade at the Old Century Sixteen too. That shit was so nice, dude. It. The the air hockey yeah. in there. Fuck, man. Why don't they have those? Uh, I, can't, I don't. Even, I'm sure there's air hockey Bolero, somewhere around bro, you.
1: Bolero, you come. We went to Bolero.
0: Yeah, but a movie theater air hockey is just tight. Cause remember, we'd be in there like to kill time before a movie and shit. Yeah. They tonight.
1: have a couple games at the River Park, right? But there's like two of them.
0: Yeah, but they're like all in plain sight and shit. There's like it's not a room, yeah. you know. That shit's, like it, it takes the fun yeah, yeah, out of you're it. You're right. There's something yeah.
1: about like yeah, there's something about being inside a room and not uh, yeah, like you said out of sight that kind of lets you let loose a little bit more yeah exactly um, but yeah we see the MK2 this is like so So they got the rice this is like the exact same game the arcade game it, 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 it's sick uh, we talked a lot about this in in one of the first episode or second episode but r- the Raiden versus Melina is his who uh, so Raiden is Ali picks Raiden Melina uh, is Riley I, I didn't take Ali for a Raiden I thought that was a random pool. I would have imagined her to be more like we said or scorpion but I thought Raiden was random as fuck. What
0: about you, dude? Raiden, Raiden is slept on, even oh, yeah. though he's he's one I of the heroes. Play, he to, fucks people. Okay, I used up, to play him dude. a lot. Like, even though he's like he's supposed to be a hero, like, dude, he fucking murks people, and that kind of goes ties in with her, uh, you know, be, be, being a little crazy. Because Raiden, like, yeah, sure, he eat, he talk, a nice talking, he had some quotables, but that wouldn't. Go no mercy on him Yeah, he had the run-takers.
1: force, that force power.
0: Yeah. Well, he was a god, literal yeah. god. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, best fighting game
1: ever, hands down. I just, MK2, more so than MK1 or any of the other MKs. Like, I feel like MK2, at least for me, is the best one ever. Um, can you play that, like, on, on PS5 or something?
0: Dude, I have the most recent one on PS5. I can throw it up. But I'm number. saying
1: MK2, like, do they have, like, you know how some have those old packs? I mean, probably.
0: I don't know. Scott, Scott downloaded like a that. like a
1: hundred game pack of like all kinds of classics, and I don't know if MK two was there, but there's some of these packs that let you play like the original Super Mario's or Duck
0: Hunt. Uh, yeah, emulators. I wonder if, if MK two has one. That one's tight. I'm sure Mortal Kombat is on most emulators. Yeah. I thought this was one of the funniest
1: lines. Like they're playing, and Allie's getting her ass kicked, and she's like, "This is horse shit," and and Riley's like, "Flawless horse shit." <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, so they're having a great time. And then we draw the camera pulls back in this very eerie and haunting way. And uh, it goes all the way to like this toy store. And we discover that there's like an infected. It looked like the one that was like baked into the wall in the first episode. Remember the one that Joel's like, this one's cooked, um, but it's it's clearly still alive. It's moving. It's not cooked. But some people were confused, like, oh, this one's not a threat because it's cooked or it's on its way to being cooked the way that um, the one that Al, or, excuse me. Tess and Joel encountered and um, first in the first se- or second episode. But did you ever and in- think that that wasn't a threat just because it was like attached to the wall that way?
0: No, it it's similar in the game because it, it's almost like they're, they're on like a charging port. Because mm. in a lot of sections of the game, you'll walk by some and and they won't do anything, but other other ones will jump at mm. you. So uh, like they're ba- like the fungus is basically charging them up and. Yeah, that's that fool's just charging. That. That's,
1: that's fucking yeah. creepy.
0: Yeah, so I guess the that first one they saw, something must have, fungus must have not been in a good place to hibernate that one properly. He was I like know.
1: at 5%. He's like, I need to get, yeah. let me get that plug, bro. Yeah, um, probably, I don't know. Then we cut back to them. Now, R- Ali's changed characters. Now she's Baraka. You remember Baraka? That fool would fuck you up with those long bladed hands. I don't remember that part in this episode. She yeah, probably she Baraka, playing Baraka the second time and, and uh this time she's kicking riley's ass and she comes into the finish the finish him and and uh and she asks riley like okay what do i do how to do, do like because you, you have like five seconds to enter the fatality combo and riley tells her which which buttons to push and she doesn't and she pulls it off and they celebrate it's funny but it just reminding me of like that critical five seconds that you have to enter the combo correctly it's like the world would stand still like i remember like the intense focus to, to to perform under pressure and the composure required to su- to like successfully deliver this fatality it's like sli- time slows down uh it reminds me of like the equalizer yeah. how like everything slows down like i remember yeah. being a kid and being like that's when i really I feel, i'm not fucking around i feel like that's when i really was able to develop like focus a- under pressure you know like
0: yeah and then if you accidentally punch them and just yeah. ends oh it's just worse God. yeah <laughs> cuz you just end with like a whack yeah. punch and
1: then that would like almost defeat the whole victory and the other person would be like fuck like I remember Drew and Randy like you're trash yeah, Drew and Randy yeah. if I didn't pull off the fatality it's like you might as well would have should have won the fight. <laughs> it's yeah. So funny. Uh but she pulls it off, she pulls off the, the fatality. Broca has a crazy one where he kind of like throws him in the air. Um so pretty cool if you. If you don't remember that, go back and check it out. It's pretty pretty tight.
0: Yeah, I must have been on my phone or mm-hmm. something. I don't remember that part at all. Um
1: Ali says, "You know, it's getting late. I I got to go." And Riley says, "One more thing. Got you a gift." And she's like, okay, well, I like gifts, and so they they walk over, and it's this Macho Nacho. This isn't a real food chain, but I'm surprised Macho Nacho isn't a a real food chain. It seems like a the name there is just you know it it, it says speaks for itself, but I guess nachos are more of a junk food, junk food snack than like a meal. I don't know if a, a food chain would be able to survive off the name of Macho Nacho, um, but nachos are clutch, bro. I know you like nachos sometimes, right? Fuck yeah. <laughs> And, uh, Ali thinks that the surprise or that the gift is tacos and Riley's like, bitch, please. Do I look like, like the make a wish foundation? Like t- chill. Like, where am I going to get the ingredients for tacos? Yeah. Unless Joel and Tez are smuggling in corn tortillas, tacos, tacos are a thing of the past, bro. Like it's not happening. Marlene might've had the plug. She had that dank ass sandwich yeah. in the second but, episode. Uh, garlic non bread. Yeah. Holy shit. But tortillas, yeah. I guess are, are, are a little different. Um, but it's the worst when people, like, overestimate you're the surprise. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're like, I got you something, and they're like, oh, is it this? And you're like, oh, my God, no. It's not that. Yeah. Who the fuck you think I am? I remember for Jasmine's anniversary, we got her, like, an Airbnb stay, and I think I just t- took a picture of, like, the Airbnb, and I put it in a card. <laughs> she was like, I-, I don't know if she actually said this, but in my mind, it's, she- she's like, did you buy us a house? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh my god, really? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I might be imagining that, but I was trying to think of an example. And Jasmine's done that a couple times. We're like, I hope you didn't like buy me a car. I don't know, but it takes the air <laughs> right out of like it. And I'm like, What are you? Are you crazy? No, this is you got a two night stay at an Airbnb, sis. Chill. <laughs> um, but we discovered that Macho Nacho, this is Riley's crib. This is where she, this is her, this is her digs. This is where she's been staying at. And um, pretty sad, man. Like, this is kind of sad. It kind of brings the episode to a halt and you kind of realize how down bad riley is and that the fireflies just again fireflies come out of this episode looking pretty bad like they have this little kid sleeping in the mall that they haven't fully swept otherwise they would have discovered the infective. so they're putting child children's lives at risk and danger here and then they have her sleeping here next to these pipe bombs not not a good look um we figure, or you see that uh, the gift, so Riley gives Allie this gift, and it's volume two of Will Livingston, so she must have lost this book, because this is the same book that she found in episode two, um, right, so she must have not, she must have lost the one that Riley gives her. They run off a couple of jokes, One one of the ones that we were, like, turned our heads at, I forgot to research this, but uh, she, it's how does a computer get drunk it takes screenshots none of them know what screenshots are and, I, and you and I were like were screenshots around in 2003 yeah Um, they might have been maybe for like HTML developers and shit but I, I gotta look into that I don't know it's kind of yeah. a stretch yeah. but right not, for, not for the general public no fucking way fuck no screenshots I feel like been around like maybe 10 years like you used to have to download an app to take a screenshot yeah. it used to be a whole thing like kids today have no idea it wasn't no two button shit you actually had to like open an app take us you know it was a whole thing um but i thought that was funny you see that there's some homemade bombs that they're kind of keeping there uh ali's like totally appalled this is like what i guess this is the line but ali's like she's done with this she figures out that none of this is even about me the fact that riley's been at this mall uh, i guess she thought like the whole thing was for her the whole mall but it turns out riley's been staying here and that it's kind of like firefly territory and Allie's just kind of enraged by all this Riley breaks the news that she's been deployed to Atlanta and this is her last night in Boston she asked Marlene if Allie could come and and uh, Marlene basically said no and that this is her last night she just wants to say goodbye and Allie's pissed like why would you set all this up and and just to say goodbye it's kind of fucked up and she storms off but then she turns around and she comes back and and uh I guess she comes, like, uh, I wasn't clear to me, like, why she decided to turn around. It's not like she heard or anything. I guess she just had a change of heart, you know? But she turns around. Um, we get this uh, this fake out. You hear people, you hear, like, the scream. Turns out to just be this Halloween decoration fake out. I fucking hate those things. We used to have one. Remember that little witch mom would hang on the porch that would scream? That shit
0: was so <laughs> fucking loud. Yeah, those things. Please. You can miss me with that. Keep it, please. Um,. Some of the like the laughs, whoever does the voice acting for those are Yeah, they're earning though. their paycheck for sure. Yeah, shit's kind of funny.
1: Uh, Riley basically tells Allie, you know, you don't understand everything. You didn't have a family like I did. Uh, you really get, you really understand how these two characters feel with this little tiny bit of like a dialogue and exchange here. She basically says, you know. I want to belong again, like I did in a family. I want to matter again, like I did in my family. Like that's basically what Riley's big goal is. And and Ellie tells her, you know, you matter to me. Is that not enough? And she has a point, but it's not the same, I guess. Riley sort of wants to be a part of something, and and that's kind of like the do du- like the the push pull of the struggle of that. And um, yeah, the show a pretty tightly written episode where you understand exactly what these two characters want and why they can't have that and why they're in, like they're not on the same page and um kind of this there's always like this tragic block in between people who are in love and who belong to who belong or who good for each other but there's just something kind of logistical or circumstantial that gets in the way it's always kind of tragic It always strikes me like um you know what i'm saying like like tragic romances kind of, a, I'm a sucker for that shit. And this one worked for me a little bit. What What did you think about this exchange here?
0: Um, I mean, I think that was the reason why she came back because she figured like, like regardless if if I'm mad, like this, this isn't worth me just walking out and potentially never seeing her again. So Re- regardless of the, if it was just out of circumstance she did this for me, I still want to say goodbye 'cause I I love her.
1: So. Yeah, but she doesn't she doesn't actually yeah. give up on her. She like tries one more time. We yeah. have this little dance party. Riley says one more, one more, you know, let's go out with a bang, basically, and they get the wolf mask and the clown mask. I thought this was this was funny, this was cute, and I got you babe. A little again, music on the nose, the Edda James version, I got you babe, but it worked for me. Um Then we see the kiss. Allie says, "Don't go." Riley says, "Okay." Uh, I thought this was this was very sweet, and then of course, it's interrupted by this motherfucking cock block. I don't know what's the equivalent of a of a cock block from, in this situation, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you get the idea. Uh, and you see this infected, and and um, it attacks them, and there's a struggle, and Allie finally gets the gets the. Gets the edge on him and, and, and stabs the infected in the head. And I guess the rules haven't clearly been established on what... I don't think on what will kind of eliminate an infected. But it seems to be like the head is always a pretty reliable chance. Whether it's a bullet or a blade, it's going to work, right?
0: I mean, it, it, they're going with the video game logic because the... the, the ship um... Yeah, like, I mean, it just, I guess it just depends how advanced the the cordyceps are because the, um, fuck, the big ass one was the, that one's name? Yeah, the bloater was just eating shots, so I doubt a knife to the dome would have done him. Yeah, they say,
1: game. supposedly, yeah. it's understood that those just can't be killed. Like, you're never killing them in the yeah. game. The way
0: to beat them in the game is to escape. You gotta set them on fire and, like, throw bombs just, at them, just... like, explosives.
1: De-weaponize them long enough to get away is basically the yeah. goal. Um, but
0: take out their legs yeah. too in the game.
1: So they get this, they get the 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 infected. I thought this was a pretty well done little action sequence. Very, even though we understand or we know for the most part what happens, there was tension there. There was I was sweating. I was on the edge of my seat a bit. Um, so well directed action and and f- and camera pl- and camera work and all that that all worked pretty well. The infected. Again, the, the design of the infected look great. They're all all up to this point. The show's done so good at making them each distinct and look a little bit different. This one, this one looked really different than some of the other ones we've seen. You said this one's called like a stalker. Uh,
0: I, Yeah, they're fucking annoying.
1: They're, I guess they're right before they become a clicker. Um, oh yeah. Right like after a, they become like the running ones. Right.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: But yeah, this one was. um, it's
0: Like ninjas.
1: Yeah, this, this one could still run a bit, yeah. but it's it's like unwieldy and kind of a little bit more clumsy, and its movements are a little bit more stilted than than some of the other infected we've seen. But yeah, this yeah. Was pretty pretty well done action scene, pretty pretty terrifying.
0: The makeup on dude looked incredible too. It was probably like the best yeah, looking one up close the, the, the so far. The design
1: of his head and the the mushrooming yeah. of his skull and all that looked crazy. Um, so so Ali gets the gets the. Won't one up on him and she's like her adrenaline's rushing she's laughing she's like holy shit i thought again again Ally just goes through like this roller coaster of every emotion she goes from anger a few moments earlier in rage um to sh- straight elation realizing that her love is requited with riley you know that was a moment that uh, she put herself out there she wasn't sure if riley was going to say no but she riley says yes basically to her and the joy that comes with knowing that your crush or the person you love with feels the same way there's nothing like it right like that's like one of the best moments that you you could have as a young person or a person in general just un, just that unknowability uncertainty that comes with you know having developing an affection for someone and then to see it reciprocated it's a, it's, it's there's nothing like it and you see that and then to immediately go into this to fear for your life, and then to go to killing this—yeah, like I'm sorry—you get the idea. It's like a roller coaster of every emotion.
0: Yeah, it fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's everything in this show fucking sucks. Yeah. Simultaneously,
1: <laughs> the best and worst night of her life. You know, like how does she make sense of this afterward? Like, it's crazy when you have like the best night of your life and the worst night of your life at the same time. It's crazy. Um, pretty common. It cuts though. right here to Joel. Back to Joel. Like right after. Right after um, they kill the the infected, and uh, you see Allie. She's like running through the house looking for shit. And then it cuts back to um, or no, sorry, it cuts to Joel after Allie discovers the bite mark on her. Riley sees the bite mark on her, and uh, the way that Allie screams, "No, no, no!" Like damn, that shit gutted me a bit. Like her voice acting there and the way she screams, "No!" Did did do do, 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 you, do you remember that moment, bro?
0: Yeah, I mean. We said earlier, Bella Ramsey... Just got down. She yeah. just killed it. Killed every... Every, every beat. Yeah. Um, just gutted and r enraged.
1: So um, we cut back to, to them in the arcade. And Ali smashing all the glass display cases. Riley's all despondent. Um, They basically have two, two choices, Riley says. You know, you, we take the easy way out, or we be all poetic and shit and lose our minds together. And, um they basically decide to defy their circumstances, sort of the same way Bill and Frank did, where we could go out on our own terms or we can go out on the, the world's terms and they sort of decide to... I wonder if we'll see the ending of this scene in like the next episode, but I would have liked them to... I kind of would have liked to see it go all the way through. I don't know about you. How'd you feel yeah. about not seeing the the complete end?
0: Uh, I forgot who it was. I, I think it was... Someone from Double Toast made made a good point of like, well, they didn't show Bill and Frank, so it wasn't as ne- wasn't really necessary. So like, if you're looking at those two scenes as like kind of bookends, it makes sense.
1: But you you get you understand what happened, with Bill and Frank. They get they will yeah, into the bedroom. Yeah, it's different though. I kind of wanted to see it too, yeah, to not, be honest. But yeah, see what exactly. I'm sure we'll see when Ellie realizes she's not going to turn. Uh, I just thought this would be a good place for it. You know what I'm saying? But maybe yeah. the whole they wanted to re, they wanted to save that for later and kind of keep the focus on her on this lesson that Riley imparts on her to never give up to, you know, we don't quit. So I guess Allie realizing she's immune kind of would have taken away from that lesson or from like. From the the landing of that sort of point, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: Um, now we're back. I mean, they could always go back to it, but I, I, I doubt they will. Yeah. And I feel like we we would have heard, like, in, in the news, like, oh, like, we shot it, but we we decided to cut it out.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if they do, yeah. like, a cold open this next episode.
0: They haven't been a cold open in weeks, bro. I, I'm it's holding over. out for it, bro. I love them. No.
1: They did them so well. I want one more. No, no cold <laughs> shit.
0: No dishes served cold anymore.
1: I want that shit. Give me that shit. <laughs> different timeline, different place. Uh, Unconnected, but connected. Take my money. Um. <laughs> So we come back to Joel. She she find. We, we, Allie finds what she's looking for. It's a thread and needle. Joel looks like he's happy to see her. Like yeah, he, I I think he was regretting telling her to go away. You know that sometimes happens when you're like, uh, you're having second thoughts about 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 that uh, final decision. When uh, you know, so I think Joel was happy that. Uh, I wonder if he always knew she would come back or not. I don't know. We'll see. But he's happy to see her. You can see that Joel. I mean. We we poked fun at the fact that Pedro didn't do much and or wasn't in this episode much, but he did some pretty good nonverbal, down bad fucked up old man acting here, right?
0: <laughs> I, I kind of saw it too as like a like uh, like like your dad dying in the hospital, all old, and he's like, I don't want you to see me like this, just go, and he's and then she's like, No, nah, I'm gonna stay with you, and <laughs> he's you. like, Yeah, thank you. He's like, Oh, all right. You. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That, that's a good pop. <laughs> but uh another beautiful moment
1: like Allie and Joel at this point seem inseparable they're holding hands she's stitching him <laughs> she's stitching him up uh beautiful like uh how do you feel at this point are you bought in like is has there I can't I'm, I'm struggling to find another relationship more forged so strongly forged in such a short amount of time that I'm so invested in between two characters um you know you know it hasn't worked for, I don't know I can't
0: no, yeah, it, they, they 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 did it for sure, and that's what we were talking about. Like, I forgot what around what episode I was, I was like verbalizing. It. I'm kind of worried that we're going on these little sites, adventures. Yeah, the after much. the
1: Bill during the Bill and Frank episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. No, I think they they've done it for sure. Yeah, so
1: that's the episode. We'll see how 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 good Allie did at Stitching him up to, didn't bother to sterilize the needle. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah um how joel if joel comes out of this much uh good and if she's any good at it but uh uh yeah hopefully she knew what she was doing with that stitch hopefully she's she seen terminator too. um remind me of the terminator stitching up sarah connor kind of like yeah uh,
0: but it, it's so interesting though because when you really think about it like their whole bond like yes well it's like it's so endearing and it's pulls at your heartstring when you sit and really think about it in the context of this world like their whole relationship is based on trauma bonding you know had they not gone through those traumas they most likely wouldn't have had these connections you know if joel hadn't didn't have a daughter and didn't lose his daughter and if um Ellie didn't have the what happened with riley and with sam like all these traumatic moments are just fortifying their relationship and and we'll see it like all these things come to a head and come to a conclusion for better or worse for the foreseeable future in the in the story. Yeah, they each fill
1: no. like a void yeah. for each other, like, and that's sometimes what you do in life. Like sometimes you lose something.
0: Yeah, but this is to like an extreme fucking extent, sure. dude. But yeah. I
1: think everyone is has these holes in their life that they're trying to fill with either people or vices or s- sometimes like drugs or dr- like yeah, we we all have something we're trying to close up or. Or heal and the, and yeah like the, and, and i'm sure in this world this is a common thing where people bond over trauma yeah. i mean what else is there to bond over you can't there's no media there's no activities that you yeah. can like go and play rec basketball and become best you. Yeah. so trauma seems like the one uh, bonding element in this world but um they both and i both and i think they're both okay with that like i'm sure ali knows like he's projecting some of his affection for me from Sarah like it's carried over into him it's not all me but that's fine like sometimes people do that and 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 the same for her like she, she they serve as these surrogates for these things that they've lost in their life and and it works it works it's sometimes the relationships are are even stronger because of of the losses that they've suffered earlier in in life so
0: yeah yeah but i guess i'm saying more so in the in the context of how it's it's going to motivate their actions you know like r- right now in the context of the world most are the story thus far you can um kind of justify most of their actions of like survival you know and like they they care for one another but w- when there's so much trauma there and then there's so much that they're putting themselves in such a vulnerable position both like physically and mentally like it's they're they're like they're on thin ice, basically. You know, like it's yeah. The, you, you s- they they're building us uh what they think is a strong foundation, but it can collapse at any moment, and and it can be all in flames, and and uh, like there'll be a lot of repercussions for that. In in like and and, um, and this touches on on kind of my biggest complaint with th- with this whole uh, adaptation is like, and, and it's not that I really like um like violence like that but like this this is like a violent fucking story and i feel like they've kind of pussyfooted it around a lot of the violence yeah it's a little soft and and, and i'm hoping that they they're kind of like they're doing that purposefully to so when it does hit it kind of it's it's more jarring and it's like it's it's a reminder of like we've been in this the whole time but you know we haven't really played our hand yet with it and um Especially in relation to what's going to happen in this next episode. Like, oh, my God. If they don't get this next episode right, like, it might ruin the whole oh, thing shit. for me, okay. honestly. Yeah, I get Because they, they better not fucking pussy. Because, yeah, like, this next episode is going to be some of the darkest shit. So, like, I really – and I feel like that's the one thing they haven't done right yet. And I don't know if that's by choice or, like, they're omitting it completely or it's because they're, like – just wait, be patient. We're it's gonna, we're we're building up to it. I hope it's I hope they're building up to it, but I don't know. I'm skeptical. Every, everything we'll is by
1: choice by these yeah. guys, and they've said like the show is about people. It's not about the zombies, or it's not about the killing, but it can be more. It can be about people and the loss and all that other stuff too. But I think they've they've kind of put all their cart most of their cards on the table. Showed you what what the show is going to be about, and at this point, up to this point, I think I think it's just. They care about the people in the show and the relationships in the show, but uh, that doesn't mean that you can't also kind of explore,
0: ex- disgust ex- us. Like, I want them to, to discuss <laughs> explore, us, explore the violence of this yeah.
1: world. It's obviously yeah. there, they've implied it with through Kansas City and all these other ways. Like, it's been yeah. there, it's, it's come in flashes, and it's a uh, and sometimes it's yeah, it's important to remind. But yeah, like I said at the top, like the inherent danger or the stakes of the primary conflict of this first season, which is to get Ally to the Fireflies, has kind of been largely absent or, or kind mm-hmm. of like taking a back seat. And what what what's who, what's keeping them from getting to the Fireflies? That hasn't been established. Like that's kind of strange because that they've decided to focus on us, all this other stuff. They've kind of distracted us from the the main storyline and. And they've only been able to do that because this other stuff has been done so executed so well and it's so strong. Yeah. But at some point we're gonna be like, okay, yeah, we get it. Like these these people are fully realized. Their their characters are are interesting, rich, and 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 real and deepened, and they real and have lived real lives, and they're fully realized. But what's the point of all this? You know
0: yeah they need they need a wild card thrown in there right now badly in relation to the the threat of um of people just moving with no remorse i mean it's been there in flashes you know we saw it a little bit in kansas city that's why i loved those kansas city episodes so much because that felt so true to to the nature of, of the first game as well as the second game of that um that especially Melanie Alinsky's character, like that, the idea of revenge and the idea of just like, I don't give a fuck about anything else out here. Like, this person did me wrong and they're gonna pay for it, like, and some and they're gonna suffer. Yeah, you know. In this next, in this next episode, like ugh, they have to do it, right, dude? They have to.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Um, anything else you want to say before we get to a couple of our favorites and wrap up and get out of here? Right. No. A couple of my favorites. The my favorite moment, most affecting moment, I wouldn't call it my favorite, but Allie discovering that she's bit, that whole rage that she goes through and that that no, fuck, this shit has just stuck with me. The uh 'cause I I've I've experienced this like oh, this can't be happening, like whether it's getting pulled over by a cop or getting in a car accident. You know, that moment of like this I let my guard down for two seconds and this happened. That rage that like you're so fucking stupid, so stupid. Like it's 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 it. There's nothing like it, bro. Like it's the worst, and it happened. Or like sometimes when I, I've dropped like a plate of food. I've never dropped a full plate of food, but like something in the kitchen <laughs> oh, where like God. it's like, oh my! I just fucked this whole thing up. It's been a waste. of t- You know, it seems like life and death. This it literally is life and death. So that moment That's... um was the most affecting moment for me. MVP of the episode. It's Bella Ramsey. Like this is her episode. She was incredible the range that she was that she displayed the depth the sorrow the joy the the anger and rage it was just a powerhouse performance storm reed was also incredible but uh, this is bella's episode clearly but storm reed was really excellent too like so far the acting uh the, the guest the guest stars the guest actors whatever you want to call them have all been bangers like they like these these guys are going to sweep the emmy nominations i'm for sure
0: um yeah, perfect casting so far. If anything that's the one thing you can't deny about the yeah. show. Perfect the casting so far yeah. for everyone. Uh
1: my favorite line bar, I like the flawless horse shit. I thought that was hilarious. Um I belong to them. I want that again. That whole idea of just wanting to belong really struck me. Something that I I relate to and recognize and like that loneliness, especially if you've had it before. Uh, and then you either you lose someone in your life and it's hard to find a, a surrogate or replacement for them. And you just want to feel that again. And it's, It can be like a lifelong pursuit that's to no avail, but you never stop wanting it. Um, I know I've had friends and people in my life who I've lost. And and uh, it's just it's just a hole that you always want that, that, that really truly can't fully be filled. And I just that that, that kind of struck me a um, couple. Do you want to list off a couple of your favorites, bro? Kind of. How did you feel?
0: I liked the carousel scene Mm. a lot. I I liked that, the, the childhood Mm -hmm. wonder and just seeing people enjoy their fucking time and this shit together. (laughs) And, um, MVP, uh, I think it's a a tie. Uh, Honestly, I thought, I thought Storm Reid was fucking dope. She
1: was great. It
0: was was just nice to see someone like a a mirror image of, of, of and to see her, um, being, be like two people being able to pour into each other yes. in a way that we haven't really seen with her and joel because it's, it's a the, it's, not, it's not like there it's a father daughter relationship power and, dynamic and, and this one yeah, and this one's like it's it, and yeah sure the romance is there but it's also just like peer, you know it's a friend and people always say your your lover should be your best friend so i like that idea as well like her best friend becoming mm-hmm. her lover and then um uh, bar, I'm I'm terrible about remembering lines, but no,
1: you're not. You actually always, you're actually really good at it. Yeah, but there wasn't a right. lot. Like I struggled with this one. Like it wasn't like a, yeah. a poetic. The one another yeah. one's like we can be all poetic and shit and lose our minds together. That one's kind of cool, but a little bit too cring- little cringy for me. Yeah, because that one's lifted directly from oh, the it? game,
0: so it's like video game day oh, dialogue. Yeah, and then um, I, I, it's not really a bar, but I liked the way. Ali delivered it at the beginning of the episode when she tells Joel to shut the fuck up because the way I read it, she's like, "I'm not fucking losing another person, so just like, don't even, don't yeah, even." Yeah, that gutted that. me. See, that was another one that yeah. was like,
1: "Holy shit, Bella's in yeah. her bag right now."
0: Yeah, and, and, and like, like the anger in her face, like, I, I like that shit. shit. Like I this, like that shit. She, she, yeah. she,
1: Bella Ramsey. Yeah. I thought she was good before this, yeah. or g- pretty great, but now I'm like, no, no, this. Is, she's different. She built different. Like she, yeah. she's got. A super bright future. I see her winning in a, like lead actress in an Emmy type performance here.
0: Yeah, and it would be the ultimate fuck you to all the fucking lame ass Twitch gaming community out there because those are all the motherfuckers on IMDb hating. Like they probably never had an IMDb account ever, just on Twitch fucking jacking off all day, and and now they want to make IMDb just to hate on some some gay couples and shit. Fucking the gaming community is. Yeah. Nothing's changed. They're, they're worse, worse as they've For, ever uh, been. For review bombing this but, one just um,
1: because of that. It's crazy. This is a great episode.
0: Yeah. So they could eat shit because when she's if she's up there winning an Emmy, she can who the fuck can speak on her? It doesn't even matter what they say yeah. anymore. All right. Yeah. Well, that's
1: been our recap. A couple of plugs before we get out of here. Go check out Charlie Schneider at Emergency Awesome on YouTube. Ryan Airy, Screen Crush uh the ringer prestige tv podcast is great my boy van lathan and chuck baby holmes always have a (laughs) pretty good reaction to it mal rubin and joanna robinson do a deep dive Uh, my boy dave chen and christian spicer the official podcast of course with troy baker and the creators of the show is a great one um thanks for pulling up come back next week the penultimate episodes you know me bro i love the penultimate episodes they're almost as important as the finale uh so
0: they, they would fucking save this one for the penultimate episode too like here ass.
1: we go i'm ready uh bring it up bring it on all right everyone be blessed remember your blessings and mind your business peace god's